Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Welcome to the Buddy Martin Show. Today with my friend Brady Ackerman. I'm hopeful he's standing by there. Hello, Brady. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing good. Dilly dilly. Yeah, dilly dilly to you. We're going to see if I can learn how to switch this back and forth so I can get us on the split screen. For the moment, however, Brady's there. I'm here, and the program goes on. And, Brady, uh, we've been talking about doing this show for a while, and now tonight uh get a chance to do it uh you're in your spot, in your studio, and I am here in my spot, and the folks are checking in already. Boy, Jack Campbell, Dilly Dilly, Austin Neely, Dilly Dilly, Steve Flatman, Dilly Dilly, Carlos Alfonso Sings, Dilly Dilly. So they're all checking in, Brady, uh, and that's a good thing. So, Some fun tonight, buddy, and uh, excited to do this with you, and uh, we plan on doing some big things. So, like we said, it's kind of our maiden voyage here, you know, and... Uh, uh, it's good to be on with you, and uh, people bear with us if we have any technical difficulties. But I think it's going to be smooth sailing because we kicked the producer out, right? We it's did. just you. He's done. Yeah. He asked for more money. We had a contract, contract negotiations, Brady, and you know how that goes. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet, right, and do what you got to do. Right. But uh, So tell me about your little abode there today <laughs> and uh, what's going on. I, I just want to say shout-out to Preston, Okay. Well, your 14-year-old son for a great job of getting you up and running. we got to rely on our sons to get us up and going. And neither one of us would be on the air right now without our kids. <laughs> you know, why the good parenting? You should have some offspring. But, uh, you know, in, in having a full house, I lost the studio. Like, you have your yeah. office there, your yes. studio. Yes. A full house of kids. And I did send one to college, but uh, I lost my studio. So we had to put a studio together. Look good for the Dilly Dilly kingdom here. And... Um, Got the 34 Sugar Bowl jersey. Got a uh, Billy Donovan autographed basketball. I got all Gator stuff today. It's all Homer Gator stuff. Did throw in an Amari Stoudemire autographed jersey. And then the old right over the shoulder, buddy. Don't get intimidated. This proves that I played when they didn't have leather helmets. See, I've got a photo with an actual helmet on, not a leather helmet. So I'm not too old. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Behind me, though, I want you to notice... To my right, if you can see it, you probably going to see it until we get our screen split here. Uh, I've got a little uh, F Club certificate, just so you know. You're not the only jock on the show, buddy, okay? All right, little baseball letter there, just just, yeah. just checking in with you. Is that yours? No, who do you think it is? It's my baseball. <laughs> does it say my name on it? Yes, it does. If I had a chance, I'd give it to you close up. But, yes, it's for my baseball letter. Thank you very much. Great. So anyway, we brag about ourselves, but you know what? 
uh, it's a real good, a special treat today to talk to uh, a guy who's you know one of the elite coaches uh, in college football history, Hall of Fame guy who's going to be, uh, you know, uh, who who has got several more good years on him the way he recruited this year. And you know, you get a mixed bag on Urban Meyer. You do, uh, you did stuff with Urban, and you're the sideline reporter. Um, and my, my producer says shift and click. Okay, let's see if I can do that. What happens? And well, let's see if that's you. I'm not seeing you shift and click. There we go. All right. Thank you, producer. See, robot. It's just a, it's just you can produce from anywhere, right? So yeah. So uh, talk about Urban, your relationship, and I, I think, and you know how I feel about Urban. Not everybody feels that way. Controversial subject. You can hardly say Urban Meyer without somebody, you know, somebody getting ticked off or you have an argument. I've actually lost friends over this. You know how you have friends where you've lost friends over politics? I don't know about you, but I can't yeah. talk politics with anybody anymore because uh, it, it causes arguments and they're irreparable, even family members. And then Urban Meyer is one of those polarization things. And I can kind of get why Gator fans are mad. But the suggestion there's some kind of evil empire there or some kind of evil impulse that caused him to do it, I, I don't. I reject that. So you know him. You work with him on the sideline. You have a feeling for him. And I know you don't have the same feelings I do, but tell me your objective thoughts and leave it un- unvarnished about Urban Meyer and, and what you think he did right and wrong. Well, I just, you know, he's a winner. You know, Urban Meyer is a winner. I like winners. I like I like associating with people that know how to win and uh, that are champions and that's what he is. And, um, you know, at the beginning it was tough, as you know, uh, he had a very low trust factor with a lot of people because when a new coach comes in, everybody tries to get close to him. So he's got to kind of figure out who he can trust, who he can't. And, uh, you know, finally, I think towards the end, you know, I think he knew he was always very complimentary of my work, but he was, uh, he was a guy that I could talk to about things other than football, uh, especially the year he was in Gainesville where he spent a, yes. from, um, you know, coaching and he was working with ESPN. You know, I spent some time career advice from him and, and, and we sat out and talked about different things about, you know, whether it was too late to get back into coaching or whether it should stay on the, the media side. But, you know, the thing about Urban Meyer is he, uh, he you know, he's a tough guy. He loyalty among his soldiers his players, his coaches, his support staff, and he won, you know. And with his two titles in five years, uh, that's the reason Florida fans can go around and say, listen, we've won three national championships in the last 20 years. I think Alabama and maybe one other school can say they've won that many, if, if so. Uh, so, you know, it's, a, it's why it's a desirable job. He showed he could do it. You know, everybody thought Spurrier – uh, was the first to do it, which he was, and was the only one that could do it. But Urban showed it could be done by someone other than Coach Spurrier. And, you know, um, I just – he always – to me, when I always try to talk to Urban about what he saw in a game or, or what was going on, he pointed – he made things so simple. Like, you know, uh, those, guys, those guys won because the front four was that big. They were that good. We need cats that look like that. And uh, – uh, I remember before he got the Ohio State job, being on the field with him, uh, I want to say it was right after he got the job, Alabama uh, played Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. He was doing some TV, and he looked at me and said, pregame, I saw him, and he said, that team right there, 
has got no chance against that team pointing against Alabama because they're, they got, yeah, they're at a different level. So, um, it was cool. It was cool. I, he was also, I remember him in 07 at the national championship game, buddy. LSU, uh, won the national title over Ohio State and he showed up and did the, the Fox pregame is the year Tebow won the Heisman. And he said, uh, to me as he's walking up there, he goes, we're going to be in this next year. And guess what? Next year. And I was like, he's just jacked up because they won it last year, but I don't know if they're going to be in it. And in 08, they were in it. So, um, he's just a great competitor and, uh, you know, uh, I think when you're that polarizing and that, like you said, a lot of people have different opinions. Everybody wants your head coach to act like Ron Zook, but not every great coach acts like Ron Zook. You know, there's, there's great coaches got to keep their inner circle small because they're just, you know, they're so wound up uh, being great coaches. And I think that's why he's such a great coach. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, it does. And, you know, one of the things that, that I wonder about is, is he was such a passionate guy, you know? He he very much uh, he 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 always used to talk about how much he loved coaching Tim Tebow, how much he loved coaching the Gators. I've been with him walking through uh, the stadium on an empty day, went up to his office, and he'd stop and take a breath and say, "I can't believe how much I, how how I love to coach here in this place so much." And there's a perception that he didn't he hated it, didn't like it. That, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that's unfortunate because there was a time that he really did. But I think when he got sick, and he was sick, despite what people will say, there is, I, I, I rode with some, co- I talked to some coaches who rode with him on recruiting trips who said there was one in particular, and you know him, said Urban at one point thought he was dying in the car. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've ever been sick or had a scare. I had high heel hernias. I was dragged out to the, you know the uh, uh, hospital in a in a in an ambulance two or three times. I was to the point where I didn't want to go. I'd rather die to go back to the hospital again. But it's a scary thing when you think you're dying. That'll change a guy. Now I'm not making excuses. And if you don't like Urban Meyer, that's fine. That's up to you. But I don't want you to ever disrespect him because what the man then here did here may never be done again. Two national championships he won in three years. That's most likely not ever going to happen there. So all I say is like him or hate him, but do respect him, right? Almost three and four years, Coach. Yeah. I mean, that close. Should uh, have. I, yeah. I, often wonder, I often wonder if the whole Dunlap situation never happens, yeah. if that team plays a little differently that Saturday against Alabama. And Alabama was very, very well coached. They were a great team. Um, the other thing to remember, too, is, you know, this is a guy that mentored Florida's current head coach. So yeah. uh, a lot of the attributes and the strengths uh, that Dan Mullen possesses, I'm sure he got a lot of things uh, working for Coach Meyer uh, when he not only here but at Utah and Bowling Green as well. Yeah, I'm going to read a couple of comments, Brady, from people here, if I may. While we switch back and forth, I can't get the split screen to work right, even though Brendan called me and tried to get me to work it out. I'll just have to switch us back and forth. Here are some people. Let's listen to these comments. I'll get your thoughts on them. Um, Jack Campbell, uh, been around for a while. Um, he's a good friend of a friend of mine. I don't have a problem with Urban. I wonder if he'll ever be inducted into the Ring of Honor. Uh, what do you think, Brady? He should be. Mm-hmm. I would think. Um, I mean, there's patience for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he should be. He should be. Yeah. David Soderquist said people also don't know Urban's life. 
and we shouldn't judge it. That's what he's saying about it, okay? Uh, let's see, uh, Joy McBrayer checking in, dilly-dilly, buddy and Brady looking forward to Urban at 6. Um, and then Steve Flapman said, Brady, did you play with Willie McGrady? Sure did. One of the best two-way players uh, probably ever to play at Florida. Uh, certainly our era. He started at nose tackle against Alabama, was a lead back on a, a historic day uh, when he ran for 200-something yards at Legion Field to beat Alabama. Uh, super nice guy. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, he's passed, buddy. Um, you might have known that. Uh, but was on that great Palatka high school team with Clifton Reynolds and John, uh, Jarvis Williams. And, uh, yeah, Willie McGrady, he was a, he was a – Whenever, you know, in the old days, buddy, you'd have two lines. It was a lot more physical in practice back then. You'd have two lines. And I always tried to make sure when we were in running back drills that I avoided being one-on-one with him because you'd have to hit. You know, you come up, hit each other, and then go to the back line. Kind of linebackers do it now. Running backs, we do it to fire off one guy. Get hit. Be like, okay, two, three. I got to avoid Willie McGrady. <laughs> I don't want to get really? past the four That's that, that good, huh? Yeah, uh, I think I lost pretty there for a second, but it froze up. But, yeah, um, I would say that uh, when you want to avoid a guy, when you avoid a guy. Yeah. Like All right, I got you, Brady. Go ahead. I'm wow. sorry. I lost you for a second. Good, Brady. Yeah, we got a Wi-Fi. Issue. I could do it. Was, it was wonderful. Stand by a second, Brady. We are, uh, you're, uh, you're coming in and out there, Okay. So, uh, okay. uh, just stand by. You should get back in a second. Uh, what, what I want to remind you folks, we're also going to talk a little bit about the school out west today. Uh, yeah, we figure it's time to do that. Uh, uh, let's see, what, let, let's see what, what's happened in Tallahassee. I read an article today I'm going to share with you in a second, Brady, about this. Uh, and that is that uh, one Person said of all the new all the new coaches, first year coaches, that he thought Taggart did the best job recruiting of anybody. Now I haven't broken it down that way. I haven't broken it down that way, but I'll give the list a little bit. So uh, why don't you take it for a second, and I'll talk to the producer here. Give me your thoughts about how you did in recruiting. Well, I think from where he started at sixty-one, um, trying to put a staff together. His staff didn't come together quite as quickly as. As uh, Dan Mullen's staff, a lot of people thought he was struggling. Uh, a couple of people turned him down, didn't want to come. But when you look overall at Florida State staff, I think Seminole fans would be pretty happy with it. It's pretty good coaches on that staff, young and up-and-coming uh, offensive coordinator guy. The Willie's very involved in the play calling. Um, get the guy off Michigan State staff, which is a good hire. Anytime you can do that. <clears throat> then I think, um, you know, you look at their class, the only thing question I'll have uh, for Ira later is, is, you know, the quarterback position, how, what's the thought process there because of um, the style of play that they have. But, yeah, he finished the top 12. He, he got, you know, Florida State and Florida, I don't think, went to head-to-head on a lot of kids this year. So we, it was hard to really tell how good they were doing. But overall, it's a bunch of four-star kids. That if you believe the rankings, it's a really good class, you know. And um, to me – the biggest issue at Florida State is that going forward is offensive line. Um, I don't think their offensive line was very good even last year. They get struggled under Rick Trickett. Uh, they certainly are going to run a new scheme. And then well, how do you integrate DeAndre Francois into that scheme going forward? You know, I mean, 
is he a guy that can, you know, look kind of like with uh, Mullen and his, do you just use him as a, you know, do you go two quarterback system? Do you use him along with maybe a more of a running quarterback? Uh, how do you work that out going forward? Because he's such a terrific player. And Black, Blackman, same way. I mean, both of those guys are more pro-style kids than they are um, anything else. So it would be interesting. Um, ty- similar type of offenses, similar type of schemes, um, although Flo- Florida will be more of a power running team as opposed to uh, – uh, Willie Taggart's, which is more get the quarterback, uh, make a zone read and get him on the edge. So uh, I think he did pretty good on paper. At one point, I want to get this turned over. At one point, I kind of want to go over uh, the coaching staff and not perhaps now. Well, we can do it now uh, and talk about Mullins rounding out his staff, get your assessment of, of, of where you think the strengths lie. And then at some point, we're going to do a way too early breakdown of the schedule maybe. Let's just go through okay. it and say, okay, right now today, is this a W or an L? We'll do that later on. And uh, here's a story I told, I was telling you about, Brady. This came from, I think it came from 247, but I'm not sure. Here's what the first-year head coaches who made the top 50. Hang on one second. Made the top, made the top 50 landed, how they landed. Willie Taggart, Florida State. Dan Mullen. Willie Taggart was number 11 in this poll. Um, Dan Mullen, number 14. Mario Cristobal, number 16. This is overall now. Jimbo Fisher. Recruiting. Yeah, number 17. This is overall. This is not the, of the new, the new ones. Chip Kelly, number 18. Jeremy Pruitt, number 20. Scott Frost, 22. Joe Moorhead, what's the name i got to remember, number 27. Matt Luke, Ole Miss, 31. Herm Edwards, that's still a mystery to me. Arizona State, number 37. Taggart and Fisher in particular have made encouraging late pushes to lift the classes that were temporarily savaged by Jimbo Fisher's move from Tallahassee to College Station. So, and this note, Alabama finished outside the top three for the first time since 2007, Nick Saban's first year in Tallahassee. So, any thoughts about those rankings? Yeah, first year in, in, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I. here's the thing. When you look at – Florida and Mullen. They're sitting at 14, and that doesn't count Van Jefferson or Trevon Grimes. Right. You know, Grimes is a five-star kid who's come over from Ohio State out <clears> of <throat> St. Thomas Aquinas, and Van Jefferson caught 34 balls in the SEC in a real passing offense last year, one of their better wide receivers. Um, so the, to me, those two guys elevate Florida's recruiting class almost to the top 10, in my opinion. Yes, uh, the numbers say Florida's 14. Uh, but I think overall, this was a top 10 class when you count those two guys. And I think the quality, I think if you look at um, in the same poll, the average star ranking, whatever that, you know, if you we got polls, we're going to talk the numbers. Their average star rating of their players, if you can go by that instead of total points, they're in the top 10. So I think Florida had a better class, to be honest with you, because I think to come in and get a quarterback right away that fits your system, even if he's not your starter year one, and we'll find out, uh, to get those two transfer uh, receivers. They also have a transfer offensive lineman as well that came in last year. Um, they got a junior college kid mid-year. I, I just you don't get as much rating for the junior college kids. Um, they got JUCO offensive lineman. It's probably gonna play right away for them. So I, 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 this was a good class by Willie Taggart. No, I'm not taking anything away from that. But if I look at it, they would Florida would be ahead of it had uh, they rated those guys a little bit differently. You didn't mention George Scarlett. I know it's not a new guy, but it's like a plus. 
you know, because he was such a force when he was playing. So to get him back and at least four of the knucklehead nine, that's got to be – that also bolsters the roster at least. Yeah, the roster looks a lot better. Yeah, buddy, the roster looks better today than it did uh, – okay. Um, the upgrades, the transfers, uh, the reintegration of the four kids – um, and it also looks better today because they've already spent about a month or so in Nick Savage's weight program. So they've got a ways to go. Um, Scarlett is a, a great addition to this uh, offense, especially since Malik Davis got hurt. I really think Davis and Adarius Lemons are going to be terrific speed backs. And, and he plays a lot of running backs, this power running style. Scarlett has a chance to make himself a lot of money this year if he can uh, toe, the, toe the line, show that he can be a leader. Um, from what I understand, he's a great kid and a likable guy. Uh, he's assumed uh, responsibility for his past actions. He's a terrific, powerful, fast running back. The Gator running back crew group is now up there with the Alabamas and the Georgias in the league because Scarlett is back. You know, and, and once Davis is healthy, everybody's healthy. You put the recruits in there. You put Scarlett in there. I would put Florida's class up against anybody in the league. I think Alabama has the best, but. And obviously, Georgia's very good, but I don't think Florida's that far off. Yeah, good good analysis right there, uh, for sure. All right, in just a couple of minutes, Reverend Meyer will join us. Brady, he won't be able to hear Brady, but he'll be able to hear me, and I'll, I'll just lay it for Brady. I've uh, got a lot of questions here, and then we got, we'll got we save the uh, the schedule for later in the program. Uh, we'll, let's just take a couple of questions and comments. Uh Brady uh, is a great ambassador for UF, and glad he is on with Buddy. John Terrell. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. That's nice. Uh, Joey McBrayer says, Urban deserves to be in the ring of honor. Won two national championships. Coached the Heisman Trophy winner. Kept our program in the national spotlight for the entire coaching tenure. He elevated us to new levels that Spurrier never could. Not sure about that, because Spurrier's first one was our first one. Um, let's see. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, regarding uh, the guy you mentioned, uh, you said you was a tough guy. You always tried to avoid him. Uh, you got the guy that McGrady, is that his name? McGrady. Yeah, he's uh, this uh, Steve Flatman apparently played against him. Steve Flatman Sr. said, I tried to tackle him once, and I was looking through my ear hole. So I guess he means McGrady, not you. <laughs> not you. I don't yeah, you I don't believe you ever. You'd have looked through your ear. Hold on, buddy. If I'd have lowered my. Yeah, yeah. If I would have lowered my shoulder and looking through the ear hole. Yeah, right. Sure, right. Uh, Joey McBride talking about an article I wrote. I wrote an article today. It's posted now on how Mullen compares the traits he has that are similar to Urban. You and I discussed this, I think, the other day. Uh, and or to Spurrier. And, and oddly enough, I just sort of randomly wrote them down, things like play calling, et cetera. And I listed 10 things. And uh, and and I, and I wound up with more like Spurrier than Urban, which is kind of strange in a way because you know when you throw in that brash attitude, right? Um, and oh. then um, let's see, which quarterback you think starts? I, you know, I'm going to take a shot here. I'm not counting Felipe Franks out, but you know, we, obviously, we know who the job's going to go to, right? Jones. Well, you know, I just think. I was thinking, well, I think it's going to be Emory Jones, but this will be uncharted waters for him, buddy. I was talking about this on my local web today. Um, he's never had a true freshman that he gave the reins to, okay? Fitzgerald and Dak Prescott did play, much like Tebow did, 
uh, when he was here, and he kind of integrated them with an older guy. But this may be the situation where he says, you know what, I'm just going to hand the reins to you. Uh, Tyler Russell is a pro-style quarterback. Uh, well, I think we're, we're losing Brady here. We're, we're losing you, man. Brady. We're going to interesting. Stand, stand by one second, Brady. Just, you're breaking up okay. a little bit. Sorry Wi-Fi. about that. We have Wi-Fi issues working on. Um, and while we're doing that, the Kevin Zeminski, Florida Gators 10-2 season. Well, it's a little that's a little stout. We'll discuss that later on. Um, uh, thank you from Becky Smith, Carlisle. Great show, buddy and Brady. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Okay, Steve Flatman said we played together at Platka High School. Steve Flatman and, and McGrady played. So, uh, David Arnold says I think Franks will start. Now that's an interesting. That's an interesting position to there. I think and one that uh, I can't wait to spring. What is what is it, Brady? Just going to be oh what another month? What starts pretty quick, right? Yeah, it, it, at the latest a month. <clears throat> they have spring break from the third through the 10th or through through the 9th, <clears throat> excuse me. So they could roll out there in about three weeks and say we want to knock out a couple of practices. But my guess is uh, February to March 10th, they'll be on the field. They'll probably go four days the first yeah. 15 practices. They need to go three practices a, a week over five weeks. But since they're going to start after spring break, they'll probably have to go four one week. Yeah. All right, folks, sorry about the Wi-Fi. We're getting a look at this down. Some of the things I'm going to ask Urban Meyer about, and you might chip in, Vernell Brown. His guy, Vernell Brown, has a new job. At, what's it called? Development, player development or something? Is that the football ops guy? Brady, is that what it is? Vernell Brown's job? Yeah. He's going to work closely with the players on campus, uh, making sure that they, uh, they go to class, making sure that they uh, do what they're supposed to do. Uh, and then help them, you know, give them advice on, on where they're going to go and how they're going to pursue their future after football. Uh, I think he's the eyes and ears of the coaches on uh, on campus, and um, I'm sure he'll keep an eye on these guys. And I think that, you know, Terry Jackson had a similar role. Yeah. Uh, I think Urban hired Terry Jackson for that similar role, and then we got away from that after Terry. And it's good to see an ex-player back and yeah. Dan Mullen doing that. I Great for the staff. And that's one of the things I've heard from several people. Only mild criticism, if you want to call it that, of Mullen. Otherwise, he's pitching a shutout. And to quote you again for the 1,000th time when you said, it's almost like he's been looking at us from Dan Mullen's been watching from afar this whole time. I agree with you. But the one, the fact there was no gator, there's no flavor from the past there. Yes, Mullen and Hevesy, uh, you know, obviously, and Billy Gonzalez, all coached there. But bringing back a Gator from the day would have been a nice touch. Well, they did that a little bit with a guy that Vernell Brown that Urban Meyer loved, and I'm going to talk to Urban about him today in just a minute. And you'll be able to hear it, Brady. And if we can't get your questions, really, I apologize. Uh, but uh, we'll make that happen soon. I just want to take one second and say I want to thank our, our sponsor for tomorrow's show in advance, uh, and that would be Daniel L. Hightower, a lawyer fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Car accident, work accident, wrongful death, personal injury, social security disability. Contact Daniel L. Hightower, a lawyer fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Call 352-629-7777. 352-629-7777 or visit danhightower.com. 
offices in Ocala, Florida. He will bring you the whole show, the whole day tomorrow. So check that out. We're going to be dialing Urban Meyer here in just about 30 seconds. Talk to Coach Meyer. If you want to go ahead and put your questions on, uh, matter of fact, Brady, you could do the same thing. You could put, you could type a couple of questions on for Urban. I can see them. Uh, we'll try to get across any questions for Urban that we have uh, and see, hopefully we'll get him on the first couple of rings and we'll spend that time. There. And I will come back. We'll have a little, we're going to go over the season 2018 under Dan Mullen and see what we see at this point in time in the way too early projections. Then, of course, uh, we'll have a little report from the school out west, as Urban used to call it, the school out west. Find out what those guys are doing up there for my buddy Ira Schofield, uh, Brady. That'd be good. Ira does a great job, and uh, uh, they're as excited out there as we are over here on the East Coast <laughs> with the Gators. So. Yeah. Everybody's excited for spring practice, and uh, I think that's good. I think they needed some. They needed a breath of fresh air over there. They got tired of their coach looking for jobs the last couple of years, and um, they're they're probably excited about that. And I think Florida fans are really excited about Coach Mullen. All right, we're going to try to call, call Coach Meyer and see if we can get a hold of him. And again, if you have a question, um, um, we will uh, be glad to uh, relay it. Coach Meyer, it's Buddy Martin, and uh, coming to you live from our studio here in Ocala, Florida. How are you, Urban? I'm doing good. How are you? <clears throat> I'm very good, sir, and I thank you very much for your time. And uh, it's been a while since we talked. Really been looking forward to this conversation. And we got quite people here who are just waiting to talk to you. And first of all, congratulations on the recruiting class. You're right down to the wire. You almost knocked out Georgia, but you picked up some really Terrific players. I know Ferrer is being, Petit Ferrer being one, but congratulations on that and congratulations on the season. Let's not lose sight of the fact that you didn't exactly have a bad year, Urban. <laughs> you know, it's funny, your standards, you raised the bar so high. Now, if you don't win at all, unfortunately, it's a bad year. But anyway, good to talk to you. How is this class looking? Apparently, what I read here, you love this, these kids that you got. Yeah, we're on a nice three year run of not only really good players, but just academically and the culture fit, uh, it's, it's, it was really good. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Nick petit Frere out of uh, Tampa was the, you know, icing on a cake to finish it the way we did. He's a 3.9 student, high, high-end guy that uh, is obviously one of the best players in America and a position that everybody in the country needs. And that's one of those athletic left tackles that can uh, – he's going to play early for us. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Gator fans, of course, were very hopeful to get a five-star like that. You get plenty of five-stars in Columbus. Florida hadn't had one in a long time, and you got a couple of really – I know you John Baptiste in New Jersey you're really excited about. I heard you talking about him. And, of course, uh, Nicholas uh, Perdit Ferrer being one as well. And the academically, he was such a strong student, honor society kid, which I know you like to emphasize. So talk about some of your other guys that you got that maybe we have heard as much about it, uh, Urban. Yeah, well, the state of Florida, we got Tron Vincent out of uh, IMG Academy. Uh, he's one of the top players in America, also plays the position of need. Got Tyreek Johnson out of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, plays corner, seven banks out of Orlando. So those are the Florida kids that we got. And then uh, New Jersey was really good to us. You got two defensive ends, Tyler Friday and John Baptiste. So uh, those are off the top of our head. And also a kid out of Armwood that we're really high on. Uh, down up Florida, Brian Sneed, uh, excellent running back that uh, fits the need as well. 
Yes. Uh, Urban, uh, I heard you make a remark, uh, I listened to some of your interviews, about this uh, being a 10-year sprint. And you said, maybe that's a book I'll do, a (laughs) a 10-year sprint. Uh, I think I've got it right. You just said sprint, right? <clears throat> and, yeah, uh, it was, and then and that's uh, I made a comment. I can't remember where that was, but that was uh, a local was. TV. Your local TV anchor was there interviewing you and Shelley, and you said, "Yeah, I used to used to burn and turn, turn and burn." I'm quoting, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and you said, uh, "Maybe I'll write a book about the ten year sprint." Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, when you are a certain age and your whole focus. And it was, and I'm not saying it's not now, but is somehow find a way to get to the very top, win a national title, and then uh, uh, life's supposed to get a little easier after that. And what we all know is that's not the case at all. It actually gets a little more complicated. So we wanted our first one in 2006, worked extremely hard to get there, and then when we got there, uh, we found out it, it doesn't, not only does it not get easier, it gets real complicated. You know, you're trying to feed that beast that you create, and and uh, and we won it again in 08. So that's all. It's just, you know, when you first start off your coaching career, how's the fastest? That was my mindset. What's the fastest way to reach the top of the profession, top of the ladder, uh, have one of the great teams in college football history? And that's what I meant by the 10-year sprint. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just it, people forget how hard it is to stay on top. Your, uh, your, your rival, I guess you'd call him, and your friend uh, Nick Saban, uh, is it's founding that out, boy, what a turnaround he had in the game that was just crazy. Uh, and by the way, uh, uh, I think, I, 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 I mean, there's a guy who was outside, almost outside the final four, and you were almost in. Just that close, Urban. It's just that close. It's that fragile. And uh, that's why you have to respect what they've done at Alabama. I mean, it's year in, year out. And uh, it was very close. I, I actually thought, Last year we barely made it in, and I had more confidence actually this year as I was sitting down and, and watching that ESPN special that you know, I thought we were in, and uh, we just really starting to get your mind right to how we're going to practice. We have the early signing period, et cetera, et cetera, and then they flipped the switch, and it was uh, Alabama. And we moved on rather quickly, and uh, obviously our guys played very well in the Cotton Bowl, and and blame the committee. We didn't blame anybody. You know, we just got to take care of business. And and, uh, and if we didn't lose that one game, I think we would have been in, obviously. So, uh, you know, don't worry about what could have been. Just keep moving forward and do the best you can. I've got a, uh, Brady Ackerman where he may hear today, but he, he can't talk. So uh, I know he wants to help me ask this question. Uh, and and I'll, he, I'll, I'll paraphrase a question from him in a moment because – you can't hear him talking, but one of the things that I, I was I was really impressed by was your ability to handle that disappointment. As you said, you moved on quickly. Now I was one of those people, and this is what do I know, who thought maybe you deserved to be in that final four, and others did as well. Uh, disappointing for you. I know how you are. You had to be almost I won't say devastated. It's a pretty tough pill to swallow there, and yet you were able to handle that. What did you tell yourself? You know, I know you said we have some business to take care of. The committee had to do their job. We got to do ours. But man, deep down inside, Urban, I know you were just hurt. I was hurt, but I was hurt for because we did. This is a great team we had, and I was hurt more for them for, than for anyone else. But your job as a leader, and I've not always been great at this. You can't 
you can't just keep agonizing over, you know, uh, a defeat. And that was a defeat. You got to move forward. It, it would have been very wrong for myself or coaching staff or leaders on our team. We would have showed up at the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, you're playing a top six, seven team in USC. You would have got your tail kicked if you're not ready to go. So they deserved our best uh, in coaching to do the very best to just move on, move forward, and and celebrate a great, like you said, a top five finish, a Big Ten championship, and one of the best teams I've been around. For sure. Now I'm going to get ready to ask me a question. I'm going to lay it to you while we're doing that. A couple of things here. Uh, our, we have listeners and readers and what have you on here who have questions and comments. One of them, uh, Ken says, thanks for all the good times, Urban. Uh, Steve says, please tell Urban Gator Nation Kingdom still loves him and what he's done for us. Uh, somebody says, tell him to stay away from my recruits. Give us back NPF. <laughs> uh, one of them says, uh, another one says, uh, this is Carr. Scott Carr said, Carr Scott said, no question. This is just a big thank you for everything you did at Florida. Too many people griped about time's time here, but I got nothing but gratitude for the wins, the championships, and the traditions like Gator Walk. Uh, you know what an amazing person he is when you meet his family. Well, there's a nice compliment. I know you're proud of that when they talk about your family. Yeah, all three uh, children that live within uh, 300 yards of me. And, and uh, Nate is going to go. He was a little kid, obviously, when he was in Gainesville. And he's going to get ready to sign a baseball scholarship to go play at the University of Cincinnati. So I'm really proud of him. Uh, my oldest daughter had a grandson. Yeah. Son, Troy, grandson. right? Troy? Yep. Was name? Yeah. And I hired her husband. He's a, a graduate assistant for us here. And then my middle daughter, Gigi, who uh, played at Florida Gulf Coast and went on to be a pro wakeboarder. And now she's got a great job here working actually with my other daughter, Nikki. So it's uh, it's very good. It's it's, uh, it's great to have them around. And it's unusual to be able to do that, especially once everybody moves on. But right. we're very fortunate to have them here with us. I'm going to try something here. I'm going to put the headphones to the mic. Brady, you have a question for Coach Meyer, and I'll try to repeat it if if That's wrong with Brady. Brady can't talk, you said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He doesn't want me to talk too much, Coach. He, he's stealing the show. But uh, I, I just wanted to talk. Uh, so much, much is made about the quarterback position now. And you always talk about you look for greatness first before all the metrics and everything. Is there a fine uh, and when you're talking to people about, look, I'm looking for competitive greatness at the quarterback position first more than anything else. Can you just talk about how you're able to identify that and how you've had success with it? You're going to have to help me a little bit with that, buddy. I think he was talking about how do you find out a quarterback competitive greatness. Is that what he said? Yeah, I, I, had, to, I had the earphones off. I believe that's what he talked about, right, Brady, the quarterback situation? Yeah, yeah I, he said yes. I, I think, uh, I, I think yes. Uh, referring to an inter interview, I had a conversation with someone about uh, the recruiting uh, template that we use and we've used in the past, and and uh, I actually Jeff Tedford was one of the I still believe one of the best quarterback coaches I've ever met. He's now the head coach at Fresno State. Had those great quarterbacks at Oregon and Cal, and uh, I followed him around when I became the head coach at Utah. And I asked him what exactly does he look for when he recruits a quarterback, and you know everybody is so consumed with how he throws the ball, his size, his uh, delivery, etc. And he made the point to me that it's one of the last things he looks at. He looks at, is he a competitor, number one? And that means does he rarely lose? And when he does lose, he just can't taste it. He can't stand it. He works so hard never to lose again. The second thing is toughness. He's got to be the toughest guy on your team. 
The third one, he's got to have a football IQ. That means he's got to understand the game and not only his position, every other position. Uh, fourth one is the leadership skill set, that, that unique position. The quarterback, is he a leader? Because he has to be there. You cannot play that position uh, if you cannot lead. And then the final one is can he get you out of a bad play? Defenses are too good nowadays, and so can that quarterback get you out of a bad play? You look at the Josh Harris, Alex Smith, Chris Leak became that. Tim Tebow was the ultimate at it. Then we had Braxton Miller, Cardell Jones, and then most recently J.T. Barrett. And they fit all five of those criteria. And I think when you watch the NFL draft, you watch people in recruiting, when they get enamored, which we all have, with maybe how hard he throws a ball, but he just can't, doesn't seem to win and can't lead. Those are the ones you see that just they, you just can't play that position. So I think that's what Brady was talking about. He was, and by the way, your friend Steve Spurrier, I asked him about that list. He said he had courage in there. So to stand in there like, and you see, say, sometimes the, one of the least important things is how you throw the football. Uh, and people think quarterball quarterbacks ought to have the great arm, and the gap was the point. We're going to try to get Brady to ask one more follow-up question here. Brady? Well, no, that's that's kind of where I was going with it, with the uh, with that. And um, I, I was just curious. I know you've talked a lot about uh, J.T. Barrett towards the end of the season uh, and what a great career he had. Um, you know, what what do you think uh, going forward his career looks like? I mean, I know he's a great competitor for you, but what do you think it looks like for him going forward and and uh, and maybe have a chance to do some things? All right, I hopefully you're able to hear that. What do you think it looks like for? For Petit Ferrer going forward in his career. For Petit Ferrer? Yes. Oh JT Barrett. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I got it wrong. JT Barrett, and not J, not Petit Ferrer. Oh, JT Barrett. Yes. Yeah, JT Barrett. Um, he's the guy that's a little bit too short. His arm strength isn't quite as great as some of these other guys, but he's a guy that wins games. Uh, he's a guy that will understand the offense every bit as well as the coach. And I see him having a nice career in the NFL, you know, probably start as a backup and keep fighting and keep fighting and somehow find a way to get, hopefully starts for a few years. And uh, if not, I know he doesn't want to hear this yet, but I believe he should have a wuss around his neck and be cooked because he's one of the best leaders, best people. He's a lot like the left-hander we had down there in Gainesville. He's got similar qualities that uh, they just they just make people around him better, and that's what uh, JT Barrett does. You know, you actually said this one time, and I remember you saying it. It's when he was playing. You said one day Tim Tebow might be the head coach at the University of Florida. Remember that? I sure do. I remember that very clearly. And, you know, he's still chasing his baseball thing. Mm -hmm. But the one thing Tim is, he's got a great football mind. uh, And he has a, you know, he has that skill set to make people around him better. I don't want to put too much pressure on him and all that, but I do believe he'd be a great coach. Well, yeah, I'm sure you talked to Tim from time to time. So, uh, and, and I heard a story about him today. The new, uh, the new, uh, the new women's coach, uh, Cameron Newbauer Brady, is that it? Women's basketball coach, Florida. Yeah, uh, said today he threw out the other day just a comment to Tim saying, "Well, if you ever could drop by the women's practice one day, she'd like to have you." And he says, "Like, like Tebow's going to do that." The next day, Tim was at practice for the women's basketball team. So that's just that's your boy Tebow, you know. Uh, speaking of your boy, I don't mean to say it that way, but you do have a little history with Dan Mullen, and uh, he's he's in that job, and and uh, he learned it from you, and I know you must have talked with him or about him or whatever, and uh, as best you can, I know you're not here, 
Could you give us a little assessment? Brady, I'd like to know your thoughts about Dan. He's obviously done well at Mississippi State. Give us your overall assessment of Dan and where you see his strengths. Well, I think it was a great hire by Florida. And, and uh, Mr. Strickland and I did talk, and, and I think the one thing Dan does, he understands the SEC uh, as well as anybody, uh, not just from his time at Florida, but obviously over at Mississippi State. Uh, I think he's got, uh, you know, he's going to be what the Gator Nation wants and needs, and that's a dynamic offense because he's so good at coaching that quarterback position, as good as I've ever been around. He's going to recruit his tail off, and Megan is great for the community. So I was real excited to see Dan get it, not not just for Dan, but uh, for Gator Nation because I think they got an excellent coach. Yeah, and one other player, Brady, and I want to know about is Vernell Brown. You heard about him being promoted? Uh, I did. Yeah, how about that? You're you're one of your favorite players. One of my favorite guys of all time, and he was. Uh, I, I remember I called him. I believe the face of Florida football. He's you exactly did. whatever coach looks for. He's an overachiever. He's a guy that really understands how to put team ahead of self. And uh, another great addition to uh, uh, Gator Nation. And then uh, he's going to do so well down there as far as. Uh, you know, that position and now is a very that position didn't exist five ten years ago as player development and it is such an important position. I, I know we have Ryan Stamper who was my two time captain down in Florida and he's he's the most valuable guy on my staff. Wow. You know, just helping these young people mentor them. Uh, our life after football program that's such a big part of it and I think Vernell Brown is going to be that kind of guy for Dan as well. Final thing, I sent you this email you pro- or text you probably didn't read it. Uh, how to win in recruiting and written by guys that I don't know, but they talk about brands. <clears throat> and the quote is, it says, brands win championships. Teens pick brands, pros pick contracts. And then it's a pretty thoughtful piece, uh, and they rank the brands. And to no surprise, uh, you know, Clemson is number one. Uh, Ohio State's number two, you might argue that. Penn State three, Georgia four, and Oregon five, tied with USC and Alabama in this bowl is nineteenth. I find that hard to believe. What did you, what are your thoughts about Brands? I did read that when he gave that to me, and I don't know the metrics they used. I think Alabama's nineteenth. You know, I'm yeah. you know, I'd be I disagree with that as well. Yeah. One thing that Brands give you is it gets you in the front door of anywhere of anything. Most importantly, recruits when you see the uh, Florida Gator helmet and then hear the swamp, you're going to get in the front door. When you hear the Ohio State Buckeyes and the horseshoe and 110,000 people, you're going to get yourself in the front door, and then you got to do a good job and sell. But that's what I – when I start hearing uh, the logo, the brand, um, you know, I, it's hard to believe they put Alabama 19th. I'm not sure what metric system yeah. they use. But uh, I think it's interesting. I do believe in that, uh, that the brand is very important. But, you know, I don't know if I agree with that rankings. Okay, exciting times for the Buckeyes next year. I mean, it'd be hard to see a team go on the field without J.T. Barrett. Seems like he's been there for the last 10 years. Yeah. And, uh, I know. Talk about your quarterback going out. Well, we have a competition between three guys. Uh, the first one is Dwayne Haskins. He took over in our robbery game last year and played excellent. And uh, we were behind, and he brought us back to a victory. A very talented guy. Uh, legitimate, legitimate thrower. He's a lot like Alex Smith who I had in Utah. Uh, nice size guy that can throw, you know, in the pocket. Uh, very, very good thrower, very good player. Uh, Joe Burrow is a guy that's uh, uh, as tough as nails. He's a guy that understands our offense. 
not quite the thrower that uh, Dwayne Haskins, but very close. And he's working his tail off. And then we recruited a, a young athlete out of uh, Bishop Gorman, Tate Martell, was a Gatorade National Player of the Year. And he's a, you know, he's the ultimate competitor. He can do so many things for you, and I'd like to get him on the field. He will. He'll get on the field no matter what. As a, you know, as a changeup, a little bit like when we used uh, Chris Leak and Tim Tebow back in '06. I could see us somehow getting uh, Tate Martell on that field. So it's going to be battle. Uh, there's been nothing decided. That's going to obviously go through spring ball as well. Can't thank you enough, Urban. I just wait for you and Mullen to have a home and home so we can uh, get both teams to see both teams. So <laughs> thank you so much. My best to Shelly and your family. Uh, hope we get a chance to talk to you this summer. Uh, have a great spring, and thank you. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Brady, I'm sorry we didn't get you piped in there more because uh, I know you had a lot of things. We'll get this resolved. But uh, uh, pretty- the maiden voyage, buddy. It's the maiden voyage. Yeah, exactly. We're having a few little technical issues, but we're going to shake it down here. A little Wi-Fi, whatever. Uh, well, yeah, give me your thoughts about that, that conversation. Well, first of all, can you hear me clearly? I can now when you talk normal voice, yes. Okay. Well, normal voice as opposed to my broadcaster voice. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, it, it, there you have uh, a couple of things from that interview. Well, Scott Strickland did talk to uh, Meyer about Dan Mullen, right. and I think that, once again, showing that Florida's athletic director does his due diligence, is the, man, uh, the right man for the job, knows who to talk to about it. Uh, you know, obviously worked with him, um, so he's probably, you know. But he, he, I just thought that was there. To me, Scott Strickland is uh, is going to be the next great athletic director in college athletics, and I think it ta- you know he didn't have to reach out to Urban; he's already worked with Dan. But reach out to him, see what he's got going, see what he thinks. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you, I had to ask him about JT Barrett, buddy, because he Barrett took so much criticism last year when they lost or when he didn't play well. And you could sense that Urban's like, wait a minute, this is my guy. This guy has done everything for this team. Yeah, that was his guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you could kind of sense that he, he had a, a loyalty to him like he does to Tebow. And obviously he's not Tim from that regard. Uh, um, but I know this. Well, before Barrett got hurt, then they went on the run with Cardale Jones, he was in my final three in my Heisman ballot that year. I was going to vote for him. He might have, I might have even voted Aaron to win because he was having such a great year. I don't know if he ever got better or teams figured him out. But uh, those, when he talks about the quarterback position, and we use the phrase competitive greatness, I, I try to break it down like this for the casual fan body. Yeah. Well. I call it out. Yes. Uh, I. Out route is there. Out route, you said? I'm sorry, I just some uh, difficulty. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to do something here. I'm going. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, I'm going to make a. Uh, I'm going to get you to go ahead and hang up, and then I'm going to call you back on the cell phone so we can hear you better. All right, uh, just go ahead and hang up. Here you go. Okay, let's. Uh, we're going to call him back in a minute, and uh, just because of the Wi-Fi situation, we'll get Brady on here, and we're going to have another guest in just a moment or two. Um, let's see if I can make this work. I'm going to try to call. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit up to our friend um, up in Tallahassee today. 
and let's see if he's available. And uh, we'll try to do a, a, a conference call on him while we're frozen up. Unless Brady wants to try to call me back. Mm. Um, let's go ahead and get Brady to call back on Skype. Um, let's see if he can call back on Skype, and then I'll go ahead and get our friend Iris Schofell. Um Okay. Okay, uh, let's try that, and we'll go from there. So we apologize again. We're having a uh, – I think uh, I think what I found interesting on Urban was he really takes a lot of pride in the players he coached here at Florida. He's, I know he's Mr. Buckeye and all that, uh, but if you heard him discussing this would be Brady – Let's see if we can get Brady. Uh, okay, Brady, hopefully uh, we'll be able to get you in this time. Hello, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Can you hear me? We can, we can hear you fine. So we'll figure out if we can make it put the screen on. Yeah, we got you. Okay. Just uh, go ahead and back and give us the final thoughts on Urban. And I'm going to try to call our friend up in Tallahassee. Again, how long can you go? How long? I mean, saving 67, right? He's going to be 67. Yeah. Urban's, what is Urban, 50? How old is he? Is he what's your age, Brady? Is he, is he, is he? He's probably, I'm 48. So he's probably, what, 51, maybe? He's early. Yeah. Yeah, he's early 50s. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, so he's got, what, 9 or 10 if he wants to do it? Yeah. yeah. You know, he's been at Ohio State now, what, he got there in 2012? So he's, he's working on seven or eight years, uh, six, seven, eight years. Uh, you know, we'll see in about three or four more years. I'll give one more recruiting cycle, um, get an idea of what, where that's at for him. And um, I do get the sense that, uh, you know, he's got his family close to them, him, like I said, all within 300 yards. So I think that means uh, that makes his coaching situation a lot better than if they were scattered all over the country. Um, so I, I think that's a good situation for him. I think he's going to be there for a while and, you know, um, uh, time gives everybody perspective on things, regardless, like we said at the beginning, uh, uh, Urban, what he was like to you or anyone else when he was here. Um, some people felt the same way about them when they were going through the hiring process. Yeah. By the way, Urban's 53, according to our friend John T. Kerr in Atlanta. Thank you, John. we got guys on top of it in Gator Nation Kingdom, man. They're all over this stuff. And oh. Michael Burton, great So thank you. Guys. And yeah. All right. So let's do this since we're having some, some problems in and out. I'm going to go ahead and try to call our friend Ira and see if he's up in Tallahassee, Brady, uh, and we'll see if we can get uh, get him. And uh, we will be able to. You, if you missed the urban interview, for those friends who are tuning in, you can go back and play this back later tonight on Facebook. We also get a podcast. We're on TuneIn Radio, Brady. You didn't know that, did you? We're on TuneIn Radio, uh, and we're able to, uh, you can go and you'll get the podcast. Uh, and you can hear it back as well. And you probably don't want to hear me and, and Brady, but you do want to hear Urban probably. And uh, I think it's one of the better interviews Urban's given in a while, and uh, primarily because it was Brady. He had to get his game face on because Brady was here. So let's see if I can. Do I was here, so he had to. Exactly. Hello? Yeah. 
Hour of Year Live with Buddy Martin and Brady Ackerman, my friend. Our show fell from WarChant.com. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're good. We're, we're talking about a dramatic shift. We've gone from Urban Meyer to our show fell. And your buddy, Urban, your buddy, uh, he is on line. He can't talk. We put him in the pit of misery. So he's not able to, <laughs> <laughs> he's not able to talk. But, uh, dilly dilly. yeah, he said dilly dilly. So, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, uh, how you been, Ira? I'm doing good. Just, uh, kind of getting used to the, uh, I don't know if I've spoken to you since, uh, Coach Taggart took over. Jimbo left town and, uh, it's kind of a whole new vibe around here. I haven't. You haven't, as far as I know. Uh, and, Brady, I've been this idea of a kinder, gentler Gator Nation. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, I'm i sorry. I do go back to the day when we rooted for all the Florida teams to win. We wanted Miami and FSU, and there was no UCF or whatever in those days. But it was good, except when they beat the Gators. And we thought that was good, the old rising highs, raises all ships deal. Uh, and uh, so I, I know that people like to get competitive and they want to, there's a mean spirit to think about fandom sometime. But, uh, look, we're, we're kind of all in this thing together. And I like this comment a lot uh, by, by Tom Herman in Texas. He said, we're going to put a fence around the state of Texas and keep all our good players here. And if Florida did that, think of the players they could have for all those schools now, we have so many UCF and you know and Florida Atlantic and, and so on and so forth in uh, South Florida. So yeah, it's good for the state of Florida to keep good players here. I think for the teams to win. Yeah, you know, and I wonder, you know, you kind of wonder how the the schools' relationships will be with uh, all these new coaches. I mean, you know, Mark Richt obviously has a, a good relationship with Florida State uh, from his days as an offensive coordinator there. Uh, you know, Dan Mullen. Uh, doesn't necessarily have a, a strong relationship with Florida State, but it's not like there's any real ill will. I mean, he was there when they had their run uh, with Coach Meyer, but but I don't think people reflect on um, uh, Dan Mullen and have any kind of huge negative feelings about him here. And then Willie Taggart's pretty new uh, to the whole thing. So I'm kind of curious to see how you know, Jimbo Fisher leaves, McElwain leaves, uh, Mark Rick takes over. You kind of wonder – how the relationships are going to evolve here. Yeah, they are. Now, speaking of Jimbo Fisher, it got nasty up there in, in Tallahassee, and I'm sure there's a lot of what happened uh, with other coaches who left they leave programs. Uh, boy, the FSU fans must really be unhappy with Jimbo. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it really it couldn't have ended any worse, and it's really um, it's it's unfortunate because you know I think for for the most part, if you if you said if you if you went to Florida State fans when Coach Bowden was t- towards the tail end of his career and said, "Okay, you're going to hire Jimbo Fisher. He's going to win win you a national title. There's going to be a stretch of 29 straight games you're going to win. You're going to have a Heisman Trophy winner, win some ACC titles. Uh, you know, really kind of assert yourself in the state as the dominant program for a stretch. I'm, I, I, I can't imagine any Florida State fan would have turned that down. But then those last, you know, the last season, but really the last. Uh, three or four weeks, and then some of the things he said since he left really um, just, you know, just uh, burned a lot of bridges. And, and people here, uh, you know, you'll, you'll run into some people who still feel like, okay, well, Jimbo did a lot of great things here. He's going to always have my respect. But there are a lot of people uh, in the Florida State fan base who just don't want to have anything to do with him ever again, which is a shame because it was a good run there for a while. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to try to put the headphones on one second here. And so we have an inability to communicate here with Brady. Uh, but you talk nice and loud, and uh, he may have a question or two for you. Uh, I know that Taggart seemed like he rallied, uh, and people were projecting in not a good class, and he rallied that class and wound up with a, almost a top ten class. Give me your thoughts on that, and let's see if Brady can answer your question, okay? Yeah, he did a really nice job uh, with this class. You know, I don't know that it's going to be a class that people look back on three or four or five years from now and say, wow, that 2018 class for Florida State really kind of got them going. I think – best case scenario was you just couldn't have it be a disaster. You just couldn't have, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a lost class or a wasted class. And I, and I don't think that happened. Um, you know, there are a few guys that, that they signed that uh, were kind of late additions. Uh, Keyshawn Helton, the kid out of Pensacola, uh, a couple other guys that were um, not really high on the radar uh, that Florida State got involved with late. Um, that, you know, I think you could classify as, you know, slight reaches to kind of fill out the class. But, you know, they also filled some big needs. They got some defensive linemen, some got, got some really good offensive linemen, got some help um, in the secondary. In the early signing period, really did a good job in the secondary. Uh, the one big miss, I'd say, is they didn't get a quarterback. Uh, they thought they were going to get one. Uh, James Foster out of Alabama. Jimbo Fisher actually came in and got him to Texas A&M. So that's probably the one big miss in this class. But, but overall, I, you know, I think – Willie Taggart did a really good job, which is why they hired him uh, in the first place. Yeah. All right, Brady, you want to give it a shot here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. I was going to ask about quarterback because they didn't sign one. What is the working theory over there on how to get into this offense? What are you hearing on the health and recovery of Andre? You able to hear that? I Very faintly. I couldn't really hear it well. All right. Repeat one more time, Brady. Well, let me just try it. Let me just say it. Talk to the quarterbacks on campus getting into his system, and how is DeAndre Francois' health? I think he was asking about the quarterback situation. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Francois. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I think that Florida State's quarterback situation is, is going to be um, something that everybody's going to be watching for the next seven or eight months. I don't think anything's going to be decided anytime soon. Uh, Francois is not totally healthy yet. He's not going to be totally cleared for spring practice. So, uh, really, James Blackman, who started last season, will be the guy uh, is kind of the incumbent and won't really be challenged too much in the spring, I don't think. The only other scholarship quarterback they have is Bailey Hockman, who's a redshirt freshman. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think on the Francois side, we're just going to kind of have to wait and see how he comes back from that injury, patellar tendon injury, which is not a common uh, recovery time. So, We'll have to see how that plays out. And then the other part of it is the, you know, the off-the-field stuff and the fact that Willie Taggart came out uh, last week in an ESPN article and, and, and said, look, I, I wasn't happy with what I saw out of DeAndre Francois last season. I, I didn't like the way he handled himself when he was away from the team. He missed some meetings. Uh, he, he skipped that game. He just didn't go to the Delaware State game. And so uh, DeAndre's got a kind of – uh, prove to Willie Taggart that he can be a leader and he's somebody he can trust running the offense if he's healthy. So there are a lot of question marks at that quarterback position. And, um, you know, the good news is they have two guys who've started full seasons at quarterback. The bad news is uh, I don't know if that, that battle is going to be really competed and won until preseason camp. Yeah. Listen, we appreciate your time. We're going to get our technology caught up here next time so we'll be able to get Brady piped in so you can hear him and he can hear you. But Thanks very much. It's good talking to you again. 
It's going to be exciting to see what these first-year coaches can do. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. All right, so our show fell, Warchant.com, if you want to read about the Seminoles. Uh, both, this is mostly a Gator site. Uh, it's almost all. Brady, uh, if Blackman goes in place, he, they need to take him down to the stake and shake every day. <laughs> that kid looks like a toothpick. He is a toothpick, and uh, I, I don't know if steak and shake would actually help him. That'd be bad weight to put on, but he could eat some, a lot of chicken. And for a, one of these things about freshmen, this, the off season, yes. And once he goes through the winter workouts and the workouts, he'll probably be 15 pounds heavier this fall. I just wonder, and I really, really wanted to ask Tyra this, because I'm sure they have you know, I mean, no, they, he's got two pro-style quarterbacks, athletic, mm-hmm. no doubt about it, but they're pro-style guys. Drop, drop, drop back, get the yeah. pocket, you know, his offense over. Yeah. Well, Brady, listen, I apologize for all the technical problems we have. we got to work out. I think we'll just do the show over here next week, and we'll get it mic'd up so we can do it from here and be easier for you and me both. Uh, thanks so much for for. For going, for, for for hanging in there and go through this, this first real official time we were doing the show. Last week we did it, it wasn't official, but I'm really excited about doing it. Once we get better, we're going to do it on location. So I want to go sometimes and do it, uh, maybe like Mark Steakhouse or someplace like that. We'll do it on Tuesday. We get some of the Internation Kingdom to join us. And yeah, and Brady, yes, wait till you hear the news and all you folks are about the big tailgate party on the 14th of April. Dilly dilly, brother. That's all I can say to you. I can't tell you the rest of it right now. Wait. Yes. Yes. There you are. Dilly. And you'll be going from there right to the sideline to call the game. So, all right. Our folks will be there. It's going to be fun. Yes, That's sir. Okay. Thanks a lot, Brady. Your studio is looking good. We'll work out the technical bugs next week. We'll come over here and get it done, and we'll, we'll make it a little smoother. Thanks for hanging in, everybody. Appreciate it. Okay, Brady Ackerman there. All right, buddy. Uh, thank you. Now, uh, yeah, these things take a little while to get, to get used to, and uh, we would, uh, we'll, we'll be able to, we'll hang in there with it, and hope you folks will bear with us till we get the technical problem solved. It's really promising. It's got a lot of, like, ultimately, we'll be able to Skype in people like, like Urban or like Spurrier, whatever, and, and be able to get them online, not just the, uh, the audio, but the video too. That's the plan. Uh, my technical director is working remote tonight, um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, he's got child care duties and what have you, and he couldn't be here. But we're we're getting there. I'll tell you what I'm really excited about, and I'm going to read your questions now. If you have any, please. Uh, um, <clears throat> I think uh, we're learning even about how to get rid of the the bad people who pop up on this thing. Don't sweat it too much. We will get rid of them. Don't worry. They'll sneak in the back door. Remember, we've merged a few things. We brought some people in that uh, maybe from other places that got in, snuck in the back door. Uh, and our mods have got to get better, at, and they will, at spotting these people. But for the most part, you know, I don't get my feelings hurt. If someone criticizes me, I don't get my feelings hurt. I just don't want to be disrespectful to anybody, especially our guests. But thank you out there, all you knights, for being on that, for taking care of that. And uh, 
Uh, so I'm going to talk about the spring game now. I can't tell you how excited I am about all that's going on with our group. I mean, the tailgate party, if you haven't heard, that Bubba is going to put on for our group, and just you, by the way. I think the Okada Quarterback Club might be a sponsor as well. I talked to them today, maybe one other. But we've got, we're excited, and one of our members, I shouldn't say it yet, owns an organic farm. We'll be able to get his organic beef. Uh, I'm working on a tent for Bubba. Bubba's, it's Bubba's show. Did you know that Bubba has been doing this for a long time? He quit doing it, I think, two years ago. His tailgates were named, I'm not going to say who, I think it might have been, been ESPN, the best in the SEC, okay? Not just the best in Gainesville, the best in the SEC. Bubba is a real pro at this kind of stuff, and he secured a site. He got a little money today. A few of us threw a few bucks in there. Uh, and we're going to have a great spring game. What's it, 4 o'clock start, right? 4 o'clock start. And then we're going to be able to um, start early in the day, uh, hopefully have an early lunch or a lunch, and then walk together over to the stadium. And if you want to sit together, we can. That'd be kind of cool, right? A couple hundred of us going over there, maybe more, sitting together in the uh, Gator Nation Kingdom block. <laughs> there was such a thing. Uh, and then we're going to try to get some T-shirts made up. There's a lot of things we're going to try to do. But the, this this tailgate thing is beyond what I'd ever dream if we can pull it off. It takes participation by you. Many of you have volunteered. Some of you don't live here. I, I'm sorry you don't, but that's okay. One of these days you will be coming here, and who knows who might have one in the home game next year. So this is all about us and you and our Gator Nation kingdom and trying to reward you for your loyalty and for being a part of something that's so special. I get requests every day. I know that others do too, people who want to join us. I don't know how many we have. Number is not that important. It's nice to have all good people. I mean, we'd like to have several thousand if we made sure that we could control them all. And they did. They followed the rules. And by the way, if you know the rules are posted right above on Facebook what we do and what we expect. And you know about, what do we say? Stay loyal to the kingdom, no rudeness. Um, no bashing, uh, except no disrespectful, whatever, no bullying. Uh, we try to do that. Uh, we try to make sure that, uh, make this a safe place for people to go. Okay. For you can go without being, and maybe you don't, maybe you don't know as much about football or the Gators. That's okay. That's all right. And, and I mean, uh, want people, this was a place that was created for you during the whole crisis, if you remember, when, Whenever we thought we'd been jilted at the altar and the coach everybody thought was coming, Chip Kelly, did not come. And, you know, we called it. We found him at the airport. We found the airplane at the airport, not him. Uh, and we were able to get inside information there. And then people were really upset about it because they thought we'd been abandoned. Some people thought the sky was falling, thought Gator football was coming to an end. Together... We banded and bonded, and out of this came the Gator Nation Kingdom. Dilly dilly, stay loyal to the kingdom. And it's this kind of thinking and this kind of goodwill that's going to carry us throughout. And now we're going to bring it into a celebratory and 
social interaction. Think about this. How many people do you know that you've actually been talking to here on this uh, on this chat? I, I don't know hardly any of you personally. I, I'm not sure I know anybody. I don't think I mean except online. I feel like you're my friends, but I don't know you. I've never met Bubba. The one time we hoped to meet, we couldn't. But anyway, this is what's going to be cool. Imagine on the 14th of April being together and say, oh, you're that person I've been talking to, uh, Steve or Michael or or, or Richie or, or, or Joey or whatever. Um, and, and we'll be able to meet each other and we're going to have a good time. And we're going to bond together. We're going to enjoy, enjoy this season. Football is going to be fun again at the Swamp. And the Gator Nation Kingdom is going to do its part to make sure we enjoy football. I'm not saying we're not going to have a few fights here, scuffles along the way. Of course we're going. I'm not saying a few trolls won't slip in. Of course they will. But we'll manage it. And then when we get together, the times we do meet the Greeks, we're going to enjoy it more than ever. And we're going to make new friendships out of this. And by the way, I went to a tip-off club meeting today, and I heard a couple coaches talk. And, and Cam Newbauer is a guy that you're really going to like, the ladies coach. And he's building it the right way. And I thought about us when he said, we're building this the right way. He told a great story today about how he was – had the bus went by on the way to Auburn and Opelika into a house that had a gator sign out front. They pull, they turned the bus around, the team did, and went back out and pulled in the front yard of the people and knocked on the door, and the whole basketball team went inside and met the guy who was a Gator fan. How cool is that? That's the kind of cool stuff that you want. And so there's good things happening in Gainesville, and I think Brady's right. I think Scott Strickland is on his way to being a superstar among ADs. Um, so, so that's good stuff. It's a good time to be a Gator fan right now. It's fun again. We can talk about it. We can write about it. We can socialize, break bread together, have a cold one. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Okay. So let's see what else I got for business here today. And again, hang in there with us on the, on the tech. We're going to get that resolved and we do. You'll love it. Um, yeah. Super job, Bubba. I agree. Bubba is the man, Steve, Michael. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's going to be, he's exceptional. Um, by the way, a couple of points. We could use some more tech support among our uh, mods and our knights. I know Brendan has been really busy lately and not able to, to be around as much, uh, has said he needs someone to help handle some of those messages, some of those people are sneaking through, and he can't always be online. He's got a six-year-old. And he works, and he works a couple jobs, so like the rest of you. So we never got around to this part of it, Brady, because of our, unfortunately, our, um, we're able to get uh, to go over the season. Should I go over the season now and give you what the early projections are, or should we wait to do that next week? I think I'll wait till next week to do that with Brady. So it's, it's just a guess, but we'll do this from time to time, go game by game. And I, I, when I can sit down and analyze each game, I can get an idea then of where things stand. And, you know, and you begin to realize what's doable and what's not. And, uh, you know, uh, you'll be surprised. 
you'll be surprised what you can tell. Um, so <clears throat> I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go ahead and hold off on that, on going game by game yet. And we'll be doing this about every three or four weeks anyway. Uh, I'm going to tell you something else about plans. I probably shouldn't release them, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyway. Now that we know that we're going to have this tailgate. And by the way, Bubba has a place you can go online and, and, and kick in a few bucks, which I did. I, I, I promise I pledged today. Uh, if you want to help out with some of the costs, that would be great. We're trying to find sponsors too. And we are having an event, the Ocala Quarterback Club is, and we're forming it right now. Um, and it's going to be something exceptional, and it's going to involve two exceptional people. I I wish I could tell you everybody could come to it, but they're not going to be able to. It's just a small crowd. It's raising money for a good cause. Two very well-known people in the media. And um, I'm just going to tell you who they are, all right? This is to say in the family, please don't post it elsewhere. I have a verbal agreement from Paul Feinbaum, and they'll love this one, Laura Rutledge, that they will come here to the Ocala Quarterback Club, and they will do a charitable event, small, very small crowd, and speak to the group, Ocala Quarterback Club. Cross your fingers, because if they can come the week of April 7th to 14th, one of those nights, perhaps maybe the 13th or even the 12th, think about this. I did say Laura Rutledge, Joey. We could probably, Laura's probably going to work the Orange and Blue game, she told me. If we can pull it off, I think about us having our quarterback club event, raising money for a good cause. And then they go to work and go to the swamp on Saturday. I'm not saying this is going to happen. This is just wishful thinking, and I've talked to them. And they would come to stop by this tailgate party for a minute. All right? And and say hi just for a minute. Now, this is not guaranteed. It's a long shot, but it's possible. It's, it's not even, it's really even above possible. There's a good chance of happening. So, um um, I see my friend, Mr. Vince Doria, from, is calling me. And I'm going to say to Vince, I'll call you right back, Vince. I'm on the air. Give me about 10 minutes, and I'll call you back. Thanks for calling, okay? All right. Vince Doria, who was uh, formerly the number three man at ESPN and sports editor of the Boston Globe, had to take those kind. So that's what we got going on. This is the kind of visionary thinking we have in this group. All possible because we all bought in on the dream. And we believe we can get to a better place and a higher cause. This is what we're going to be all about. This is high quality, high class, uh, meaningful, not about ourselves always, about other people. It's about having creating a safe place, etc. So, Steve, I don't know about your dollars yet. I don't know how many how much room we have for it to take Hillgate, but we are going to try to accommodate everybody we can. And again, I'm not saying they're going to be there. I'm saying this is what they were hoping for. But yes, I would be, it would be ideal if we could get uh, you and just the members, by the way, and your families come first above anybody outsiders. So the people joining now, they get an advantage because we're going to go by a sign up date. And the ones who signed up the earliest get the most consideration to be able to come. 
That's just how it has to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Nat, you watch Paul every day. I watch Paul, too. My TV's right over here. I always watch him every day. Um, also, uh, Michael Burton says, super. Um, let's see. Laura is great, says Michael. You know, Michael, you don't have to tell me that. Uh, I'm, I'm the biggest Laura Rutledge fan that there is. And if you don't know the story, I'll repeat it, that she was discovered by one Brendan Martin. I say discovered because that's kind of a loose term. The old timers may have heard the story of Lana Turner being discovered on a, a drugstore in Swab's drugstore in Hollywood uh, on, a, on a stool. Um, and that, that doesn't happen anymore. But by the, by the same uh, token, uh, uh, Brenda spotted her. And, and we said early on, and she'll, 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 she'll tell you this, this woman, we told her, you can be the next Aaron Andrews. This is in 2008, I believe, seven or eight. Um, and, uh, and, and I was wrong. She can be better than Aaron Andrews. I'm not blowing smoke here. I like Aaron Andrews. She's a Gator too, but Laura is exceptional. If she didn't even have the look, she was Miss Florida, in case you wondered. That's not even that important. She's a beautiful person inside. She's talented. She's gutsy. She works hard. She got where she was with busting her tail to get there. She worked extremely hard. And I think she does a great job with Paul. So anyway, so uh, if you see him on with Paul, I was, uh, I've always tried to coach, encourage Paul to try to get her on, and he did. And I said, you guys would be great together. And I'm not saying I did it. Paul's decision to do it, but I think it's they're a good team. Uh, Paul becomes a little goofier sometimes. That's good for Paul. So that's the latest on all that I have there. Um, and uh, we got a chance here to sign off with a couple of comments or questions if you would like. You know, we think people know things. Michael Burton just said, I didn't know that. This, this is an old rule of thumb. I found out being in communication business. How many times do you say something before somebody finally hears you? If you're married or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, think about how, how poorly we communicate. My wife says things to me all the time and it goes right over my head. Same thing with her. In business, in groups I've been in, we say things over and over and people don't remember. Coaches are notorious at being redundant. Why? It's how they teach. You tell them, you tell them, you tell them, you tell them, you tell them. You tell them. We call it, among my friends, the rule of seven. It's not till the seventh time some people actually hear you. About the time they're, they want to say, okay, I heard you the first six times. That's when you're finally getting through. Communication is everything. So, Sometimes if I repeat myself on this show, other than just being an idiot, there's a purpose behind it. And that's why I said the other day, it's important for us also to introduce ourselves to each other. I'm glad you're doing it. If you haven't done it, fill out a thing that says, this is me and whatever, and post it. And, um, well, we've got several places we can do that. Get a Nation Kingman, Buddy Martin Show, etc. So that's the deal. Uh, Steve Flatman said, yeah, they're both gators. You're correct. They are. Um, Joey says, uh, Aaron and Laura are a dream sports show that needs to be done. 
Uh, I don't know that I would want them together. I, I would rather see uh, Laura and Paul. They play off each other because they're complete opposites. You've got the beauty and the beast, the nerd and the superstar. And Paul knows I said that. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, good stuff happening. What have I forgotten today? Let's see. Gator basketball tomorrow and Saturday. Tomorrow's show, what do I have? Uh, boy, I think I've got, I believe I've got, uh, I got to look at my schedule. I'll post it tomorrow. I'm going to hook up later on, by the way, with a group, a young bunch of guys that do a podcast. Um, and I want to um, have them on. They have a an interesting discussion going, which is five stars. How many five stars do people have? What schools have the most five stars? Are five stars the absolute crucial part of recruiting. Can you win without them? Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll tell you their names a little bit later on. I've got that going on. I'm going to get, hopefully, if we have a Friday night, late, a dilly-dilly, uh, I'm working on something. This is a long shot. Remember Riley Cooper? He lives in Ocala. And Joey Sorrentino, who was a walk-on, special team players for Urban, are friends. And we're talking about, we're talking about um, getting them on Skyped in to talk about Dan Mullen, who they played with, and uh, kind of do a little show and tell. So we're working on that. As far as today's show goes, I apologize to Brady. I know he, he felt left out, and uh, I'm just not technical skilled enough to get everybody Skyped in together. And consequently, we couldn't get Brady on, couldn't take advantage of it. I think we're going to have to figure out a way to get Brady here in the studio and so we can be face-to-face. So uh, anyway, uh, that being said, um, thanks to all of you, by the way, for being there today. And, and thanks to Herbert Meyer, who was a terrific guest, always is. Like him or not, uh, he, he brings it when he comes on the show. Um to uh, our show fell. I know some of you are not don't want to hear about FSU, but you know, um, uh, I like to keep up with what the what the enemy's doing too, right? So um, I think we'll continue to keep up with people. And I thought during the season, we'll talk about this later. We'll start getting some writers and people from some of the schools Florida's going to play against other people, their opponents, and we'll scout them a little bit. Talk about that. Uh, I'm always open to ideas. You can always. Uh, PM me or whatever to ideas, thoughts, suggestions, and guests. Some of you have. Uh, we're trying to uh, we're trying to make it better every day, doing the best we can. Like the show says, the opening song by the late Jim Kirk. He's doing the best he can, and that's kind of what we're we're doing the best we can. But we're going the best is going to get better and more fun, and you're going to enjoy it. So mm-hmm. again. As you log out and say good night, we'll say good night to you. Um, and uh, we'll plan on, would you like to do a dilly dilly on Friday night? I'm thinking about it. Maybe at nine o'clock and we'll see what we get. We'll come on France and somebody else. So we'll, we'll check that out. If you'd like to do late night dilly dilly, yes. Um, thank you, uh, Kevin Zemeski, for us, for what you said there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Matt, you and I agree about uh, the enemy. Hold the enemy close. 
Um, and um, Roger Burns over in Ninbo, China. He says, I have been gone for Chinese New Year. What were your thoughts on the opening ceremony? That's right. I remember, Roger, you said you watched it and you'd seen it before we did. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was pretty impressive. I was so tired that night. After about an hour of it, my wife, I said, I'm going to give you the clicker because I got to go to bed tonight. I was tired. So I didn't get a chance. I heard it was good. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, but no, I, I thought some of the, it was over my head artistically, but they did a beautiful job. There's no question about it. As you know, um, um, they, South Korean can be, a the, the Asian people can be remarkable in what they do when they're such smart, industrious people. So, so I'll say good night and dilly dilly to Nat and Joey and Joby and Bill and Jeffrey and Roger and Kevin and all Steve and all the whole team here. Appreciate again you hanging there with us today. Tell your friends about us. We're going to get better tomorrow. We're going to be uh, broadcasting here from the same spot. We've got plans to go remote with the show at some point. Tomorrow is presented by Daniel L. Hightower, a lawyer fighting for action and victim justice. Since 1976, we really appreciate Daniel Hightower. He's being one of our sponsors. They help make us. They allow us to do this with the sponsorship. And we're always looking for good sponsors, too. So, yeah, late night, dilly dilly. You like that? Go ahead. I'm going to leave this on for a few minutes. You can give me your views on it. Right now, as of this moment, I'm thinking Friday night, 9 o'clock, and see if we can, if you will be home. And uh, we will do, uh, yeah, good luck on watching curling. That's going to wrap up the show tonight. Once again, thanks very much. Thanks to Brady for his uh, for for hanging in there, and thanks to all of our special guests, and uh, thanks for your kind comments. Good things are ahead of us. It's going to be a great time in the Gator Nation Kingdom. So stay tuned, stay in touch, and hang in there. Thank you, and good night.